recording, so we should maybe start doing an episode. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it says right here, intro, Brian, so I'm so just like waiting. For oh. waiting for you. Cool. Well, hello <laughs> out there, listeners. Welcome back to Here's What I Was Thinking About While You Were Talking. While You are talking. talking. Oh, man, that was a fast one. Another episode of it, the podcast. Yeah, you didn't do that another episode part first. Yeah, I, I tricked you that time. Uh, this is the show where we take turns talking and then thinking about things while the other person is taking their turn talking. And then we talk about what we were thinking about while they were talking. Hence the name. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, in our virtual studio are... Oh, uh, Sabrina. And Aaron. Hello. And it's great to be back here with you two. It is. It's a good routine. another episode. We've got going. If only I could see your face. If only uh, you can see my face. There's a oh, photo right your, there. Your frozen face. Yeah. Aaron's yeah. also got a frozen face. I know. You guys are just looking at me, huh? Yep. Well, the studio was taken over, so I'm I'm <laughs> kind of a, I'm in a makeshift setup right now. Um, so I don't have my full full technologies at my disposal. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Aaron. Ah, I'll give the Sabrina what she wants. Yay. I did put on a regular shirt today. Nice. <laughs> so my pants know. are unbuttoned, so I hope I don't forget that and stand up. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Let us know if you do. <laughs> so I'm not looking at the agenda, so I don't know who's going first. I believe I'm going first today. It's Aaron. It's Aaron. All right. I don't know if that's fair, but I'm doing it. Aaron, do you have a topic? I do. Let's um, hear it. Yeah, so my topic stems from some of the recent news in the true crime world. Oh. As usual, always following. Um, so you all remember when I talked about 23andMe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How I submitted my spittle to that company. Well, have you heard about the other online service called GEDmatch? No. No. Ooh, okay. Okay, so basically GEDmatch is an online service um, that compares autosomal DNA data files from from different testing companies. So it takes like 23andMe, um, Ancestry.com, all the other ones, and basically you get your like data files from those websites and you can upload them to GEDmatch. Um, and law enforcement has been using GEDmatch files to solve crimes, which is crazy. Legally or illegally? Um, I think probably both. But I also know because of, yeah, all the scandals going on of like, is it okay? Is it a privacy issue? Which, you know, obviously some people think it is. Um, but probably by using GEDmatch, you clicked on a user agreement that allows them to give your data to the police. Ooh, well, it's and... funny that you say that. That didn't exist, I don't believe, until May 2019, when now, if you upload your stuff, you have to opt in that your uh, stuff can be shared with uh, law enforcement. Because, yeah, I think people were, you know, because it was started, to give you some background, as actually um, a website for amateur and professional researchers and genealogists so it was supposed to you know just be about like family trees 
or like finding your biological parents um, if you were adopted. And so it started out as that, but then kind of quickly became this tool for law enforcement. And it's solved some crimes that were like cold, cold cases, um, identified unknown bodies, help people find their bio parents. It's like, crazy. how did they solve the crimes? <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, they so, probably had a DNA sample crimes. from the crime scene, but they didn't have a DNA sample in their database to match it against. So they ran mm-hmm. the DNA sample and it came up with nothing. But then when you have a database of like so many more people voluntarily putting in their DNA, then all of a sudden it might match against a DNA sample that you had just sitting in your thing with nothing to compare it against. That is correct, Brian. Thank yes. You. Um, to Who give knew you this specific... was a game? And I won. You won the game. <laughs> you won the guessing Congrats. game. Congrats. Surprise um, game. You all have probably heard of the pretty big case of the Golden State Killer, right? Yes. I've definitely heard those three words before. Pretty terrible dude. Um, serial rapist and murderer wreaking havoc in California. Um, I'm actually. Was this I, in like the 70s? Yes. And I was going to check on the dates, but you know what? Just someone Google it. But they, it spanned like a large um, range of dates, his like reign of terror. Mm-hmm. Um. But this was a huge case that Jed Match helped solve. So, Brian, you got it, like, very, you very accurately guessed. But basically what happened was in April 2018, uh, law enforcement used Jed Match to identify Golden State, who was, like, so unknown for so long. And I don't even think he was a suspect for a while, which is crazy. Um, Because obviously there was a, well, there was a task force for this particular serial murder and rapist because he was a real asshole mm-hmm. so basically what happened was they did have dna from a past attack and it identified 10 to 20 distant relatives of the golden state killer and so a group of investigators uh worked with a genealogist named barbara ray venter and they constructed a family tree which led them to uh, joseph d d'angelo as a suspect and then wow. they were able to watch him get dna like from a um, like an item that was discarded from his home. I think it was a cup, but I could be wrong. Someone, if someone knows. Like know. something from the, his trash. Yes, from his trash, exactly. Um, and I believe it was at his home and not like they weren't like following him to a restaurant. I think this was, um, this was like in his garbage. And then it took four months, but they were able to match the DNA from the old, um, it was like a rape test kit to this living man's, you know, spittle from his like cup straw or whatever so what oh, they not fucking, not that bonkers so they used people who were related to him had uploaded their shit to jed match correct he didn't upload his own dna correct he would not do that <laughs> i mean he um he was also like an ex-police officer so he probably you know was probably As, keeping up yeah. on the genetic testing and was like yeah nah i will not do my family tree yeah isn't that bonkers? Wow. Police officers do be psychopaths, so, hey. Yeah. True. Not all, but true. Um, were there any instances where the person who uploaded them was, or, or who submitted the DNA was charged of a crime? I don't think so. I don't think I have read anything about that in my um, many okay. articles that That's I've read. That's, like, and- pretty funny. I, I mean, not that I 
have leanings towards violent crime, but like, I don't know if it would occur to me to like not do things like that, but probably it would. Like, stay away from yeah databases. I think it depends on the type of crime too, right? Yeah. And maybe how old and if you knew that like DNA was preserved because it used to not be a thing. I'm not like super into serial killers, but so this guy had like stopped murdering people. Yes. And was just eventually. like living a normal life pretending like. Yeah. He actually lived close to where all of the, um, all of the cases happened. Like he moved around in California, but stayed in California and he actually had a wife and kids and now grandchildren. Yeah, I believe he was living with someone at the time of his arrest. I'm very curious about like what's the psychology of stopping being a serial killer. Yeah, like like what's like, he like? You're obviously a <laughs> like a psychopath. So yes. how do you just like I mean like at a yeah, certain point like... is he like, oh I've gotten away with it and like the Yeah. The was he just like constantly getting off on the fact that he had gotten away with it? I'm glad like, that you ask because I sort of know about this particular case. I don't know about others. I'm sure there's um, lots of studies on lots of criminals and their motives. But this guy in particular, Golden State, he would take pauses in his criminal activity and they directly linked up with like his life events. So getting married, having his first kid, having his second kid. And so there'd be pauses in his rapes and killings. But so like, it was like when was the last time he killed somebody? Um, let me Google that. Like, because would he have do? Would 86. he have killed someone again? Eighty six. Well, he's seventy four now, but he actually was still like riding a bike around like his neighborhood. Like his neighbors have been like, yeah, he rides his bike every day. He's in really good shape for an old man. So it's been thirty four um, years. What? It's been 34 years since he killed somebody? Yes. That we know of. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. He was um he was active criminally that we know of between 74 and 86. That's so weird. I mean, you just don't think of them like retiring, right? Right. It seems like you would just yeah. keep going until you get caught. Well, I think you're he, like, so obviously, I think that's why a lot of um assholes collect like trinkets and souvenirs and trophies because they're kind of like living it over again and actually this guy particularly would call his old his old victims um who he did not kill so like early on he um he started out with burglary and then it kind of moved to rape and then it kind of moved to rape and murder i should have trigger warning this um this is pretty fucked up but he would call them and like talk to them and like breathe heavy and like kind of threaten them which is freaky. So I guess that's like he was getting off on the fear, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so weird. I... So weird. Yeah. <sighs> but to wrap it up about GEDmatch, just to tell you a few more things about it, it's pretty neat. So not only is it helping people, you know, find their biological parents, solve cold cases, identify, um, you know, unknown bodies, but also there's a thing called um, – or sorry, this is about the unknown bodies, but there's a thing called the DNA Doe Project – and it's two genealogical researchers, Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick and Margaret Press. And in 2017, they started this project in order um, to find or to identify um, people who were found, you know, either murdered or deceased 
and uh, create these like family trees for them in order to identify them. And they've um, identified 20 plus people that have been found. So that's kind of wow. neat. Um, and I uploaded my raw data into GEDmatch in May of this year. And I don't think I've solved any crimes yet. But damn it, I did get an email from a like a distant relative who like wants me to send him my family tree. So I'm working on that. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Just make sure. So you're gonna say a... like wants me to send him a pic. Or... <laughs> mm, <I> yeah. <laughs> my great great uncle. I did think you were yeah. gonna say he wants to send a pic. Me to send a pic, and I was nope. like, <laughs> hope, hope not. Only for research purposes. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> so, yeah, if y'all are interested in GenMatch, definitely Google it. There's lots out there. Um, you know, there's also concerns about privacy, and that's interesting because um, this this is also just wild. But the, the University of Washington here in Seattle hey. um, has found that GenMatch is vulnerable to multiple types of security risks. And one is if a user could go on and construct a fake genetic profile to impersonate someone's relative, which is bonkers to me. And then kill them, yeah. Right, and then maybe frame them. I don't know. So, or like you could try to, you know, they could be like, "Hey, I'm your relative. We should meet." And then they murder you. Not good. That's a lot of work. You could just post something on Craigslist. <laughs> so, like, find out what kind of mid-century like desk they want, and then post one. <laughs> oh my god, that's me. That's targeted at me. Yes. <laughs> so scary. Yeah. So, yeah, that is GEDmatch. All one word, GEDmatch. Cool. How do you spell it? G-E-D. Like Jedward. Oh, but I will say it was founded by two men, and uh, Curtis Rogers and John Olson. And one of them says GEDmatch, and one of them says GEDmatch. No fucking way. Just like GIF and GIF. No way. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's ridiculous. Hilarious. It that doesn't ridiculous. make any sense. I'm pretty sure it's genetic as the first word. So, or genetics. So, but like, on. what's the D for? I actually don't know. And I was hoping no one would ask me that. I couldn't figure it out. Aaron doesn't know <laughs> what the D is for. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday uh, you'll find out, Aaron. That's, that's my burn. That's my sick uh, burn for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Thank that's you. That's all I got. Oh, thank Sweet. you. Are you ready for today's shout out? Yes. Today's shout out is to the Black Future Co-op Fund. Do you know about this? No. The Black Future Co-op Fund is a new fund that was formed in recognition of the current moment by four black women who've been leaders in community organizing and racial justice efforts with different groups in the Seattle area. And they say this, COVID-19 and its effects have had a disproportionate impact on the black community nationwide and in Washington state. The purpose of the Black Future Co-op Fund is to acknowledge the harm that systemic racism has done to the black community in our state. The fund will be a collective hub for efforts to eradicate poverty, build generational wealth, preserve black culture, and celebrate the incredible resilience of the black community. It will uplift the black community across Washington through intentional investments in areas such as health, housing, education, art, criminal justice reform, 
and civic engagement. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've got support from a lot of big names um, already, like Jeff Bezos, Microsoft, the Seahawks, Starbucks, Virginia Mason. That's a lot. So yeah, their goal is their goal is to raise a fund of twenty five million that they can use to fund initiatives and give out grants and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found out about this because um, Kitty Cook, who wrote Poison Dream out now, paid Mm -hmm. me paid me for editing the book with a donation to the Black Future Co-op Fund. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah, so if you're in the Seattle area and you're looking for something to support, a place to put your money, this could be worth a look. And the fund is, the fund is hosted or, yeah, I don't know the the logistics, but I guess it's hosted by the Seattle Foundation, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty well-established, like. The give big people. Yeah, they're the give big people. Okay. So, so you know, it's it's real, trustworthy. Yeah. Legit. So, yeah. Cool. Shout I'm out. Gonna, I'm gonna bookmark them right now. Black Future Co-op Fund. Cool. Fuck yeah. Um, Brian, I think it might be time for a game. Oh, is it time for a game? I love games. Would you like to play a game? Yes. No. No? Okay. Well, then it's time for the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'll play. So my game is a little bit short, I think. Um, it's okay. But I hope it's fun and maybe informative. So the, my game is mostly just one question. I've got some other questions, but it's just <laughs> one question. Which is, what number do you think the words long hundred means? What number is a long hundred? 120. Um, A thousand, because it's got an extra zero, making it long. The answer is 120. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. What? How did you know that? Did you not? I didn't. Is that a guess? Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so the so long hundred is a retronym because okay. hundred hundred used to mean one hundred twenty. Really? In like old English or whatever, or whatever, something like that. So, so then, so then you have long hundred and short hundred were invented to differentiate between a hundred and a hundred and twenty. So, so stupid. A, so a short hundred is one hundred, and a long hundred is one twenty. Well, and they and we used to count in. Um, it's because they used to ha- count in a system of twelve. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. So who knows? Um, I d- I didn't memorize like all the etymology and stuff, but yeah. So then. So so back in the day when 100 was 120, could you guess what the word for 100 was? Wait, say your question again. 
So when when a hundred when hundred meant one twenty, what mm-hmm. do you think was the word for one hundred? Any ideas? Um. N- no, <laughs> I have no ideas. No ideas. Uh, Cinti. It's a Cinti. Ten, ten. Good ten, ten. You're both pretty close. The answer is Tenty. Tenty? <gasps> we were really close together. <laughs> like twenty, but Tenty. Yeah, because it it used to go like. Please do the. Please count. 60. From 1 to 120 right now in old-timey. <laughs> well, you used to go like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 10, 11, 12, and then 13. And that's why 11 and 12 are not teens. So the the thing I saw where I learned this, they were saying that there was, there, like, there was a legit chance at a certain point that if we had carried on with the words we were using, we would have ended up with 110 and 12 being actual numbers that we would use on a daily basis and think was totally normal. I was going to say, I guess we wouldn't think it was weird, but it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And so then 110 obviously would be 110. And yeah. I mean, is it like that in other languages? Probably. Well, so like it follows the same format. Other people were sharing different languages and how they're different. And um not everyone has the same like 11 to 12 thing but apparently in danish they count in like they have this really weird system where it's based on 20s so the number 50 is like instead of being like half of 100 it's like two and a quarter 20s or two and a half 20s i think french is like that too and i didn't i didn't go too far into the non-english ones because i was trying to find like english because it's just asking you like what's this number in a different language wouldn't be a good quiz because why would you know it (laughs) sabrina might but it's going to happen a little bit later in the quiz um oh shit so the next thing i the next question i have for you is do you know what a gross is uh, it's 144. Yeah. Right? Do you know why? Because it's... No, I don't know why. I don't know why either. Because it's a dozen dozen. <gasps> I mean, I... Wait, but... I know that it's a dozen dozens, but why is that a gross? I don't know. Just it is. <laughs> well, I mean, not. yeah, I know I know that it's a dozen dozen. It's 12... Why is it called a gross? I don't know. It just is. English. Okay. You know, Maybe it's not? like grocery related? I don't think so. I think it's just whatever okay. word that means like a large amount and then it became the word gross over time. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, Do you say grocery or grocery? I say grocery. Grocery store. Grocery. Grocery store. The grocer? The green Gros- grocer? The green grocer. The green grocer. Shout out to Václav Havel. <laughs> Go read that essay. Cool. think about justice for the working people um and then yeah so a gross is 144 because they used to use the 12 system so it was 12 12s mm-hmm. um can you guess what a great gross might be um 
Is it two grosses? No, it is 12 grosses. Oh, shit. So another 12. That's a lot of grosses. Another 12 grosses. So it's 1728. What number is that? What is it? 1728. Who is, what, are people purchasing things in that amount? Not anymore, I don't think, but. Like commercially, maybe. I think commercially. Yeah, like. Some, yeah, there's some of these numbers, they still use them like in eggs. like commercial stuff. And um, one of these things, oh, I didn't, I didn't include this, but there's a long ton and a short ton that are different than imperial, than a metric ton. So there's three different tons. And apparently the long ton is still used in like shipbuilding, like to mm-hmm. measure ship displacements. Sounds like a thing they would do. So yeah, there's like, there's random things that still use them, but yeah. Is there one that's called a shit ton? <laughs> <laughs> it's like how like furlongs are only used when you're talking about horses or something. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't think like that's hands? true. Hands are used for horses. Hands for horses, furlong. Wait, what is furlong? Furlong's just it's used like for stuff. It's like a distance. Stuff. Yeah, do you know how long it is? I should. 12 feet. 12 feet. It is not 12 feet. Shh. Sabrina, I'll give you a hint. It's longer than 12 feet. Oh, is it 14 really... feet? It is not 14 feet. Is it like it? a mile? Is it like a mile? I'll give you a hint. It's not a mile. Okay, well, this That's is not a hint. Terrible hints. <laughs> a furlong is <laughs> one eighth of a mile. Oh, whatever. Which is what? An eighth of a mile. But what is that? Let's see. A mile one, is eight, how many feet? A mile divided by eight. Anyway. I keep I opening my remote app instead of my calculator app. That's pretty embarrassing. All right. So you have a remote app? I have you a, have our Apple TV? <laughs> nice. That's weird. I like that. I have another so, one for you. Tech savvy. Yes. Do you know what an imperial hundredweight is? How much do you think an imperial hundredweight weighs? Okay. What's a... I mean, you know it's not a hundred, right? Yeah. So what does you know, imperial mean? You just know it's not a hundred. So so there what does is imperial mean? there is a hundred weight that is a hundred, but the imperial, imperial hundred weight is used in the UK. Is it okay? So like, isn't it an imperial pint like twenty instead of sixteen ounces? I don't know if that gives you a reasonable. Um, yeah, I was trying to try. To I don't know. I don't think that, that gives up? you a conversion that you can scale here. <laughs> What is it again? I already forgot it. I'm really bad at numbers. What? Imperial hundred weight? Hundred weight. I think it is 100 and 23 pounds. I think it's 160. You're both wrong. Cool. It is 112 pounds. Okay. Okay. Well, we were close. Which is eight stone. Oh, fucking stones. And I don't know why eight stone is the meaningful number of stone, but yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, 112 pounds. And they still use imperial hundredweights as a measurement for stuff, of course. For what? Miscellaneous okay. shit. I didn't write down all the I didn't write down all the miscellany <laughs> that went along with these numbers. That's what I want. I want the miscellany. Alright. So then so now I have a few that are not quite numbers, but um could you guess how many I'll give you a hint. This is used for counting sheep in northern England. How many Fences. sheep do you think bumfit is? Sorry? Bumfit. How many sheep is bumfit sheep? <laughs> Can you spell that for me? B U M F I T. 99? Uh, it has different spellings in different regions. This is just the one that is pretty the common. Bumfit. 
bum fit. Ninety nine really Yeah. Um, I'll give you a hint. Um, it's not ninety nine, Sabrina. Wow, I already got a hint. Um, I'm gonna <gasps> say. Aaron does Aaron's wrong. <laughs> Shit. I'm gonna say forty four. You're wrong too. The answer mm-hmm, is fifteen. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. Who only 15 counts sheep. a fifteen sheep? Well, they count higher than fifteen. I didn't say Maybe this was the like last number the in the system. Maybe that's the highest they can eyeball or something. So, so the the you should you'll love this. Oh, you, you mean should like look literally counting sheep, not counting sheep to go to nine night. No, literally yeah. counting sheep in a field. Oh well, fuck! Why didn't you? You should have specified. I said it's a okay. system I mean, for he counting not sheep specify. in northern England. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I thought you meant to go to sleep. So, ninety nine is ridiculous. So this system is called Yan Tan Tethera, and <laughs> it is a it is a somewhat rhyming counting system for counting sheep in I love it. northern England. So you can do it quickly. And different shepherds have different, like, different regions have different methods, but they all have this sort of, it's it's kind of similar because they blend together. So I'd be like, Brian, how many sheep are in the field? Like, how many we got? And you'd be like, two bum fit. And I'd be like, 30. I tight. don't. I don't think I would say that. I think... I think I would use the actual number once I was done counting, but it's when it's you're... It's like shorthand, but out loud. It's like when you're counting so that you don't forget, I think, or like... Uh, a bump fit one, bump fit two, a bump fit three. That's 18. No, it's Boom. 45. <laughs> I thought a bump fit... Oh, I meant a bump fit plus one, a bump fit plus two. Oh, okay. Mm, all right. Yeah, it's all very confusing. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I think this is terrible short, shorthand. So, so I don't... I don't know the whole thing, but let's see. Here's a good one. Um, let's just pick. So this is from the uh, Swaledale region. And it goes, Yan, Tan, Tether, Mether, Pip, Azur, Cezar, Acker, Conter, Dick, Yanadick, Tanadick, Tetheradick, Metheradick, Bumfit, Yanabum, Tanabum, Tetherabum, Metherabum, Jigget. That and needs that's a 20 sheep. Not safe for work sticker on it. Let me tell you what. <laughs> that's that 20. is rated M for mature. What am I even guessing? Here's what am one, I doing right now? Here's one from West Country Dorset. Hant, Tant, Tothery, Fothery, Fant, Sanny, Danny, Downy, Dominy, Dick, Hain, Dick, Tain, Dick, Tothery, Dick, Fothery, Dick, Jiggin, Hain, Jiggin, Tain, Diggin, Tother, Jiggin, Father, Jiggin. Full score. These it's, are ridiculous. I wish I'm I'm gonna learn this and I'm gonna start counting with it. Learn one of these and then use it whenever you need to count up to something that's twenty or less. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um so this is not English, this one, but the word is logum. I'll give you a hint, mm-hmm. it's Swedish. Can you guess how many logum is? Can you spell it? L A G O M. Can you use it in a sentence and make it accurate with the number? <laughs> Um, I've just been out in my field and I have discovered that I have logum sheep. Okay. So it could be a lot. Uh, I'm going to say, what am I going to say? I'm going to say 50. Hmm. I'm going to say 20. All right. Well, is a trick question. The answer is just the right amount. Mm, logum means just the right amount. There's no such thing as the right amount of sheep, Brian. That was a terrible sentence. Of course there's a such thing as the right amount of sheep. But, but not too many, not too few. Yeah. Mm. 
enough to provide all the wool that you need, but not so many that they eat too much food and you go bankrupt just feeding them before you they can... eat each other. Cannibalistic yeah. sheep. Mm-hmm. Too many sheep. Um, L-A-G-O-M? L-A-G-O-M, yeah. Okay. And so then here's another one. And this I learned from one of my friends who lives on a street with this name. But there is a unit of measurement that is a windle. <gasps> windle. Almost windle. Windle. Almost windle, <laughs> but windle. And uh, it's a measurement used for hay. Can you guess how many how many hays it might be? Okay. <laughs> how many hays? Or I'm like, gonna say four. Like you wheat, can stack them. grain, that kind of shit. Oh wait, wheat and grain. I feel like you don't stack that, right? It's like for is measuring like grain. Stone? Is it like? Is it a volume? I'll give you. A, I'll give you a hint. The answer is a certain number of another measurement that you don't know how much that measurement is either. Oh Jesus cool. Christ! This is the hardest game I've ever played, Brian. A window is four smackums. <laughs> Close. And I think it's uh, four fatherly dicks or whatever you said earlier. <laughs> Two father dicks. A windle, <laughs> no, a windle is three bushels. Oh, okay. Wait, I know it, but wait, what is a bushel again? A you, bushel, you just said I know it. A, a bushel. bushel is two kennings, four pecks, or eight dry gallons. This is like, this is like wizarding money. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, yeah, I didn't expect you to get any of those last ones. Those are all just like made up bullshit that nobody. I'm still writing my high from the first so question. Just... <laughs> oh yeah, you got it right. <laughs> There's no way I'm coming back in this game. I'm going to be honest. That's it. I'm not confident. <laughs> the game's over anyway. The last one I had was oh. Furlong, and we already covered that. Love oh, it. yeah. Relevant. So Sabrina wins. Congratulations. Congrats, Thank Sabrina. Thank you. Your prize is that you get to tell us a topic that you have been thinking about. I have been thinking about the Jersey Devil. Are oh. you guys familiar? Okay. Yes. But I am familiar, familiar a little bit from an X-Files episode. Oh, really? Cool. And maybe um, a Do Go On podcast episode? Can I just read you this excellent paragraph? Please do. <laughs> from AtlanticCounty.org. To understand the legend of the Jersey Devil, you must first understand its birthplace. It is a remote region extending 1,700 square miles across southeastern New Jersey. It is actually a giant aquifer with dense stands of white cedar. Inside, the air is calm, still, and cool. The shadows heavy. The cedar stands throughout the swamps. Stain the cedar. What? <laughs> I, think this, I think this sentence is a problem. Um, stain the streams red with tannin. One area of stunted trees is called the pygmy forest, while many consider it a barren wilderness. 27 varieties of orchids grow there. In the early days, travel was difficult for the cedar swamps were great obstacles. Some roads are old Indian trails, others are old stagecoach roads. Some roads are paved, others are sandy. Roads lead to places named Hog, Wallow, Double Trouble, Soy Place, and Mary Ann Furnace. These names date back to colonial times when settlers first came to New Jersey. I love stuff like this. Hog Wallow. Yeah. Like, I did not know that there was, like, this huge, like, misty, like, forest that yeah. people just, like, don't really go into. Yeah, um, that's so weird. It's almost like uh, the swamps of, reminds me, like, the swamps of Louisiana or something. Hounds just, like, so unknown, so dense. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me more. 
Yeah. Um, so the creature itself, um, basically the story is in 1735, this woman who had 12, um, children gave birth to a 13th child. She was like mad that she was having a 13th child. And so she said something like, let it be the devil. Oh my she God. gave birth to it during a thunderstorm <sighs> and it like I think it started out normal and then it like formed into this beast that had hooves and a long thick tail and bat wings. Oh my god. And the head of like a goat or a horse. Um, and then it like killed everything it could get its hands on and then it shot up the chimney and like went into the forest and now it's just cryptid status. Holy shit. And that's where the the phrase only a goat horse head a mother could love comes from. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you got it in one. Um, so uh, 1735 seems to be kind of like a sticking point. Like that's the year that the child was born. Okay. Um, some people thought that the woman was a witch. Um, she was this woman, Mrs. Leeds. And apparently Leeds is like still a name um, in this part of New Jersey. Okay. Founding father type of name. Um, she, um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a few different origin stories, but it's all like 1700s. Like yeah. one woman fell in love with a British soldier. Uh, and then someone cursed her and then she gave birth to the devil. So it's either called the Jersey devil or the Leeds devil. Okay. Um, and there's been like a bunch of sightings um since then there's one like pretty funny like blurry picture of it um according to americanfolklore.net joseph bonaparte the elder brother of napoleon is also claimed to have witnessed the jersey devil while hunting on his bordentown estate around 1820 which is kind Whoa. of funny like napoleon's brother yeah right <laughs> like knock off napoleon <laughs> Yep. Well, and that's a long time after, so obviously it's something that can, like, live for a long time. Like, it's not reproducing, right? It's, like, still just one J Jersey Devil, I guess? Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's like this immortal being. Yeah, because lots and <sighs> so lots scary. of people saying they see it. Um, you know, there was, like, um, a bunch of townspeople, like, chased it into a corner, and then it, like, ran over a fence and ran away. Um, they... Um, People will, like, see weird tracks in the snow, and then, like, their cows won't give milk, and, like, their crops will die and stuff. Oh, damn. Um, on July 27, 1937, an unknown animal with red eyes seen by residents of Downingtown was compared to the Jersey Devil by a reporter. Um, there is um, this funny poster. I think it's... Well... There's a funny poster that says, like, we've captured the devil. And it's got, like, a pretty cute picture of it where it looks like a friendly dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, it's got a dragon face. Um, and uh, it says, like, swims, flies, gallops. And then 10 cents admits to all. Oh, my God. So you could have gone. Like, what did they actually have is, you know, the real question. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of, like, deformed, like, farm animal mm -hmm. did they actually have? El Chupacabra. Um, right. Um, 
It says here on cryptids.fandom.com, the Lenape tribes called the area Popwessing, meaning place of the dragon. I don't know, <gasps> like, if that was before or after 1735. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. It's always interesting when, and not that, I mean, they're saying land of the dragon, and obviously it's a very dragon-like, or what we think a dragon is, dragon-like creature. It's always interesting when different cultures have like a cryptid that intersects, you know, it makes it just seem that much more believable. Yeah. When I was looking on Wikipedia, it said that it was kind of like a wyvern and I was like, oh God, what's a wyvern? And a wyvern is basically just like a dragon, but a bipedal dragon. Okay. Um, shows up in a lot of like old English and yeah, Welsh familiar. texts. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, it, it, I mean, it, it, the description is a lot like the Harry Potter Thestrals. Which are like leathery winged horses. Mm-hmm. Could have been where the inspiration came from. Yeah, it could have you been. You never know. Yeah. There's a there's a Korean baseball team that's mascot is the Wyverns. Oh, really? That yeah. is very specific, Brian. I used to have a jersey, a Wyverns jersey. That's so cool. I might still have it somewhere in my bin of stuff. Yeah. I went down a little bit of a hole. Like, where did dragons come from? How come everyone has dragons? Mm-hmm. Why is there a wyvern? Like, why is wyvern so separate from dragon? Like, why is there a whole big culture behind wyverns? Um, you know, and then there's, like, a picture of a wyvern that has two heads. And I'm like, well, what is that? And they're like, well, that's a wyvern, but its tail has another head on it. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, that's a different creature. Um, anyway, so you can go in pretty deep on these. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I do. <laughs> this makes me want to watch Godzilla. Critters. There's a lot of good, like, airbrush-style art. Um, <laughs> no one's ever said that. No, I was thinking, like, when you said airbrush, I was thinking, like... Um, like those shirts? Yeah. You, you know yeah. what? I actually I encountered last week on Instagram this dude. He's, like, I think he's probably in, like, his 40s. And he's, like, making custom airbrush t-shirts. Hell yeah. Like, to this day. He had a bunch of, like, graduation 2020 like yeah. custom shirts and i was like That's wow cool. this culture is alive and well it really is it's thriving mostly he's, in the carnival scene but everywhere really i'm he is a talented man i have to and there, like he posted a bunch of videos of him doing it yeah. there, That's cool. there are definitely artists who use airbrush and it's good it's mm-hmm. just that you probably don't know about it and yeah, when you true. see it you don't there's a lot like, of like you don't he does think a lot oh, of, that's like, airbrush um, art painting. you're just like yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's, like, not easy to do that. But. Hell no. Hell no. But that said, these um, airbrush-style paintings of uh, creatures are not, like, my thing. Mm. <laughs> not your aesthetic? Word. Yeah, they're not really my aesthetic. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you thought I was, like, one of the, one of those, like, uh, deviant art. For sure. Have you yeah. seen the X Files episode about the Jersey Devil? I don't think I've ever seen an X Files episode. What? I think so, Brian, but I remember nothing. My God, there's also an X Files episode about um, the other one you mentioned. Uh, what? Wyvern? Oh, no. dragon? No. Uh, dragon. The uh, chupacabra. Oh, chupacabra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, there's an X Files episode about every. I feel like there cryptid. might be like a Bones episode about chupacabra. <laughs> Mm. x-files is so good you should go watch an episode okay watch the one that has luke wilson in it 
has a uh, he plays like a it's a comedy episode where he plays a sheriff and mm-hmm. you see the episode from Mulder's perspective and Scully's perspective. And Ooh, I, I like think... that. I typically find those types of episodes tedious. <gasps> it's really funny. It's maybe Brian? just maybe just specifically with the show The Affair. Well, maybe also mm, maybe it's boring. maybe you would only enjoy that episode if you've already watched like six seasons of the X-Files or whatever and you like are deep into it. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. There's other good episodes too. There's a lot of good ones that you could watch as a one-off without really needing all the background or to get deep into the mythology. Yeah. I I had never heard of the Jersey Double until I did a trivia round on cryptids and we like, didn't get that one. And we were like, what is that? I mean, um, dude, that's awesome. I know nothing about it. Trivia is like it. all I do now. Because so my, my, my only exposure is the X-Files and that's not real. I mean, you can't, you can't prove that it's not real. You can't disprove it, <laughs> right? I mean, the, I mean, in the X Files, there's like a creature actively going, and it's set in the '90s or whatever. So that's not the Jersey oh, right. Devil from the 18th century. Oh yes, I didn't know what you meant by that. But yeah. Did Sabrina freeze? Um, it kind of looks like that. She got like upset about it and it crashed her computer. Maybe, yeah. She was like, you can't. And I was like, disprove that. And she's like, yeah. Let's see what happens. Here, Brian, if you want to. She's back. Oh, there she is. Serena? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Sorry, guys. That's okay. That's okay. I thought you got so upset. The internet just suddenly went away. We forgive you. Um, And that was seamless. And we don't even have to edit that part out. True. So, I like the mic. Um, Edit that out. Sabrina, is that is that conclusion? That's it. What do you have Love a it. do you have a closing question that you'd like to ask our listeners? Um, please tell me about your favorite cryptid. Oh, gladly, Sabrina. Sometime I'll tell you. <laughs> we all have closing questions. Whisper right? it in my ear. <laughs> we, yeah, Aaron, do you have a question? Yeah, my question is. Um, would you upload your DNA data to this database if it might um, catch a killer? Um, or are you afraid of privacy issues? Are you afraid that Way it might in. turn out that you were the killer the whole time? Well, if you have to figure that out, that's weird. <coughs> Oop, sorry. I'm gesturing for you to go. <laughs> I'm not looking at the screen, Erin. Oh, what are you looking I'm at? I'm not. Why not? My other screen. Um, I've been staring at Sabrina the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, my question, I guess, I would love to know if you have any favorite numbers or units of measurement that you think are super hilarious. And, uh, yeah. Send them in. Yeah, the more vulgar, the better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The more dicks they have, the better. (laughs) And if you're in Germany, I'd like to know how many you think a dozen is. Ooh, fun question. Fun regional question. And yeah, 
So um, if you'd like to answer one of those questions or just tell us something else that you've been thinking about while we were talking, you can do that and we highly encourage it. We've created multiple avenues for you to do it. You can send us an email at whileyouwertalkingpod at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at whileyouwertalkingpod. You can hit us up on Twitter at WYWTPod. Or you can send us a voice message through the Anchor FM app or via anchor.fm slash whileyouwertalkingpod slash message. Or click on the link to send us a voice message in the episode description. As always, thank you so much to Rob Henson, who made our theme music. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Later. Now, over to Aaron for today's hot take. Uh, yeah, I have no desire to watch Hamilton. And it looks lame. Invisible mic drop. <laughs>